Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Submitted for the approval of the Wistful Thinking listenership, I call this episode The Tale of the Time <laughs> We Watched of Episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the Dark, a classic SNCC show, which, what did SNCC stand for? Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Wait, it doesn't really, mm, yeah, <laughs> well, I don't really know why that equals SNCC all the way, but. It's almost a portmanteau. Mm. Nickelodeon. SNCC, but then nobody ever called it that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm Kara Gallo-Regan. That's my co-host, Jordan Poland-Clark, that you're hearing. Hello. And, um, yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark? It aired on SNCC with two generations of cast members for a total of seven seasons between 1990 and the year 2000. Uh, And the show featured a group of teenagers who referred to themselves as the Midnight Society, who met at a secret location in the woods at night where one member would tell the group, Uh, a scary story and so you would see them telling the story at the beginning and then sometimes cut in throughout the story but what what you're mostly seeing during the episode is the actual action i in my brain i thought of it like um like the twilight zone for kids yes and uh in homage to rod serling who was the creator of the creator and host ish I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Host, host of the Twilight Zone? I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this was very much in homage to that uh, because they, the kids would say, submitted for the approval of Midnight Society, just as Rod Serling would say, submitted for your approval. Oh, I Twilight didn't even Zone. put that together. Yeah. Until you just said that. Yeah. So, 100%. Twilight Zone for kids. Yeah. All right. Um, So, I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Very accurate. Um, We watched, or I made a list of six episodes. You watched half of them. I watched kind of all of them. Although I didn't pay very close attention, especially not towards the end. Before, okay, I have a question for you before we, like, get into the episodes. We, when we were, so we were messaging about doing this. So for, cause for a long time, I've been telling Kara about this one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I hope you all have seen Kara's original art for our episodes. It's super, super cool. Uh, Check she out makes Wistful new art. Pod. Wait, what's the Wistful Pod on Instagram? Yeah, it's Wistful Pod everywhere, right? Yeah, more or less. All right. Yes. Try Wistful Pod at Instagram. We think we know our Instagram. Um... <laughs> But so Kara makes her art, and every time she has to make a person, she draws them without a face. 
Because it's um, way easier. It takes way less time. I'd imagine so. And it's great. It gives it like a style. I, I like it. But it reminds me of the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that used to scare me the most. It's actually the only one I can ever remember watching. It's one of the ones we watched for today, so we'll talk about it. But so we had been talking about this show for a long time. But when we decided to finally watch it, um, you, Kara, you were like... Well, just let me know if you need them. I think I have every episode on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> yes, I definitely do, but I couldn't find the hard drive. Why? I don't know. I used it recently, like I, because I was moving stuff on and off of it. Yeah, but why um, do you have every episode on a hard drive? Oh, I like torrented them back in college at some point. Did you and watch them in college? Yeah, it was like. Um, one of the semester, like the first semester, I got really sick. I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time like rewatching old stuff. How do you rewatch from then compared to now? Um, I think I enjoyed it more then. Mm-hmm. But I have also, I think, uh, expand like my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the amount of like horror movies and stuff that I've seen between then and now is like ridiculous so like yeah now i just have like a much more sophisticated palette or something i don't know well side note about horror movies you haven't seen hereditary yet have you no not yet oh, okay me neither i haven't talked to anyone who's seen it and i really want to but it's not gonna be you okay <laughs> <laughs> okay you want to get into the episodes sure um, so yeah. the first one we watched, I'm going to say them in the order that you gave them to me. Does okay. that make sense to you? Yeah, because they're basically in uh, chronological order from okay. when they aired. So the first episode that we watched is called The Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. Um, and it's about a brother and a sister who live in a suburban neighborhood with their parents and... Their new neighbors move in across the street. Uh, the new neighbors are super weird. Uh, and They're it from turns Ukraine. Out... No, it was it Ukraine? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was somewhere else. In no, because the, the girl said, like, they're from that part of the world with all the, like, uh, places that end in uh, IA or something. And she says Romania <laughs> and Transylvania and, like, Ukraine does not end in that, and also <laughs> Transylvania, I think, is inside of Romania. So, geologically, <laughs> geographically, it's a little messy, but yeah, well, they are from... all of the writing in this is a little messy, which is what my notes Fair are point. about. But, Fair point. Um, but right. they, like, dress all in black, and they only go out at night, and, mm-hmm. like, they sound like I'd get along with them very well. I know! This, I mean, <laughs> all of this is, like, your jam. Yeah. Um... So they, the the kids, no, actually just the sister starts to get all suspicious and the brother's like, no, you're just making that up. Everyone's gaslighting her. They're like, no, you're not seeing anything. And she's like, yes, because I am. Because also like all of these people in the neighborhood are getting sick and they have these yeah. like band-aids on their neck. Yeah. <laughs> and like everyone and- else is pretending like it's not weird, except she's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> um, so... 
brother and sister sneak into the house. They find all this blood, and the well, people are like... Well, because the sister, like, has already concluded, like, clearly these people are vampires. Yeah, like, she all, Like, I've done the math. It all adds up. That yeah. These people are obviously vampires. Don't yeah. invite them in the house. Mm-hmm. And then her mother does. Yeah, her mother invites them in the house. Uh... They, but then, but then there's a twist for a second where they are seen outside during the day. So, however, they are carrying a giant box of blood. So much blood, which they play <laughs> off by saying that they work at the hospital and the hospital just needs someone to store it for the hospital because <laughs> that's how hospitals work. Uh, I can assure you that that is not the case. <laughs> and then. The second twist is the end of the episode, where we find out mm. that the couple's son is actually the master vampire, and he's mm-hmm. going to go play video games with the brother, and yeah. presumably feed on him, suck the blood of the brother. Why, my number one question about this episode is, if they have all that blood, why are they feeding on the people in the town? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a great question. I think... Uh, fresh blood is probably better you know like those are just their like emergency supplies they have so much yeah do you know what i thought was funny about this episode is that before i even knew that they were vampires i mean i kind of suspected but i didn't know what the episode was about yet i wrote down that the main character reminded me of kristen stewart oh yeah yeah because she's like all like oh you guys, yeah, but why are you like, listening to me? She, she, is, she also she also looks like her. Yeah, that, she that does. She looked like her. Yeah, but I this sh- uh, this episode is a good example of the way that so many of these "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episodes end, where like, oh, we've found a perfectly logical explanation for this uh, strange thing that's happened, like this is what happened it's not supernatural or whatever and then like right before the episode ends there's like this little twist yeah, where a it's like thing that happens you and like, thought that that was the case but it turns out he is actually a vampire yeah i thought that um so one of the we can talk about it more with like the next two episodes too but like one of the problems that i have with this show now as an adult is that the reactions um to the things that are happening around them are like so understated like they actually like but except in this episode like i thought this kid the girl the like fake kristen stewart did a pretty good job at being like no this is crazy and i'm scared um but nobody else did in any of the other episodes yeah um one of the later episodes that i watched um starring tia and tamara maori of sister sister fame um she like gets bit by a chameleon and then that night has really crazy nightmares and then wakes up and has this horrendous rash all over her stomach and her friend is like i'm sure it's nothing like relax (laughs) let's go to breakfast when it's like you know if you get bit by an animal and then you have like crazy fever dreams and develop a major rash the only response is oh my god we need to get you to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody's ever very worried, which I don't understand. Yeah. Um, um. There was another show that was on around this time. And I don't know if it was also on Nickelodeon, so let me look it up. Which show? Um, it was called Erie, Indiana. I knew that's what you were going to say because you mentioned it the other day. Which, yeah. And I, I don't think it was on Nickelodeon. It was on NBC. 
Um, I, like, always remember, like, being a little too scared to watch it. Yeah. Well, I think it was scarier than... The scariest part about Are You Afraid of the Dark is, like, the opening credit sequence. That part is actually still kind of scary. I know, right? It's chilling. Do you think... Is there... Was there, like, a longer one at any time? Because the one in the episodes that I watched seems, like, pretty abbreviated. And it makes me think that once there was, like, one that was, like, a whole minute long. Yeah, I think so. Um, But, yeah, it was, like, a similar thing. But it was about this kid who moves to this town, Erie, Indiana. And, like, all of this weird shit is happening. And no one is like, hey, there's a lot of weird shit happening. (laughs) You know? Um... And there was this one episode that I thought was an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, so I was excited to do it and then disappointed when I realized that it wasn't actually on this show. Um, But it was called Foreverware, I think. Um, And it was about this, like, another family of weirdos in the neighborhood, a woman and her, like, two adult twin sons. And she's, like, a Tupperware sales lady who's, like, strangely, like, her whole vibe and their whole vibe is, like, they're from the 50s. And it turns out that they are, and they just sleep in Tupperware every night. It keeps them (laughs) fresh. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why I started talking about that. Um, How did we get here? I don't know. I don't remember either. That's okay. Um... I another another note that I made from this episode that also shows up in all the other episodes and I can't I don't know maybe you noticed it like it's the clothes are so 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 90s yeah like to the point where everybody's just wearing a baggy shirt and their hands are hidden for the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) and the wonderful 90s hair too 90s hair that's I also wrote that Uh. note so good both of them next to each other with three exclamation points (laughs) but there's like there's a a part of the late the the third episode that we watched where there's like a group of kids at camp and they're all wearing the same baggy shirt and you can see none of their hands (laughs) (laughs) i laughed out loud yeah that was like my favorite episode and then rewatching it i was like this is not great, uh, especially because Jewel State is like the main character in that episode. Uh, she went on to be on Space Cases, another SNCC TV show, but also on Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always really loved her. But then rewatching this, I'm like, oh, she's an asshole in this episode. She's like a little racist asshole who uh, gets her fellow Girl Scout like lost in the woods on purpose. But she does have the most perfect hair. She has like major hair. Oh my god, hair. it's amazing. It's so long. So long. And so pretty. When I was young, I don't. I wish I could remember what the series of books was. But when I was in like third grade, I think I was reading like a series of books about like a young girl and like in the book this girl moves to town and like everybody loves her and like she's pretty and like super cool and like one of the coolest things about her is that her hair is so long that she can sit on it and I just like remember (laughs) that being my dream I don't think my hair ever could get that long though yeah I don't know I'm I just trimmed my hair the other day because it was getting into like sister wife territory um (laughs) I think it could probably get that long if I let it. Although it would look terrible because it would. By the time it gets that long, it's only like three strands of hair. <laughs> oh yeah, and also yeah. like, I don't. 
Yeah, I think it only looks good on, like, kids in the 90s. True. Very true. Actually, Jenna, who was on our Adams Family episode, we've been friends since, like, fourth grade, and she used to have extremely long hair. And she maybe at one point could have sat on it. Like, I'm sure. I'm certain. (laughs) I think her hair now is very long also. I don't know. She cuts it sometimes and then it's like short. But uh, yeah, she's been a lifelong long hair person. Uh, And I was always very jealous of her beautiful, extremely straight hair. But anyway. (laughs) There was also like a slapstick moment in this episode that made me laugh really, really hard. Um, The like, the the business mom is like running to a meeting and she runs into the mailman who like really over exaggerates his falling down. <laughs> that also made me laugh out loud. I don't remember that, but that sounds funny. It is really silly. Um, the let I want to talk about the mom for a second. Cause I think like when we watch these like kid shows that are about like the kids and the kids world, they always, like, find a way to get rid of the parents. Like, we talked about yeah. this, like, in Hey Arnold. Um, or the parents just, like, straight up aren't there. And you're like, oh, where are these kids' parents? Like, what's <laughs> happening right now? And then this... A- what? The, the episode that you're talking about, which one is is the business mom in? Um, the Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. Oh, I thought we were talking about Watcher's Woods. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. I'm still on the first episode because we didn't explain until of the Watcher's Woods yet, so I went back. Okay. Um, yeah, there are no right. parents. There, there are no parents in any of mom. the other episodes yeah. that I watched. Um, do you have anything else to say about the Tale of the Nightly Neighbors before we do the next one? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I do either. Oh, this, I mean, this is when, like, you first hear that this show is shot in Canada, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody is <Sorry>. so Canadian. <laughs> that that recurs. Actually, all the campfire scenes were actually shot inside a studio in Quebec. And all of the, like, woods, outdoor scenes uh, were shot in an arboretum. So since it's a protective wildlife area they were prohibited from using any pesticides for mosquito mosquito patrol patrol control patrol i don't know control yeah (laughs) mosquitoes control i don't know my then i copied the note from someplace (laughs) and it looked weird um and so many of the shots in those episodes where they're in the woods uh they were chosen because they were the only ones where like the actors weren't swatting <laughs> practically swatting bugs away oh, gosh, that sounds horrible yeah well i just uh was outside yesterday evening in like a bit of a swampy area and uh i can relate i was doing that just like ah surprisingly not as many mosquito bites as i expected All right, ready? The Tale of the Thirteenth Floor. Yes. So you sent this to me weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and I mostly watched it then, and I did not rewatch it this time, like recently. So, you can explain. But this is the one that reminds the one that my drawings remind you of. Um. So, the Tale of the Thirteenth Floor is about another brother and sister who live in an apartment building, 
apparently also with no parents. Um, and they they like to go up to the empty 13th floor to play and hockey. The, the brother and sister, the sister is an adoptee. Yes, right? we find out quickly that the sister is adopted. Um, and in the beginning of the episode, they're on the 13th floor, they're playing hockey because they're Canadian. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and they see these like flashing lights um, and the ceiling starts shaking and this is the first time that I was like um you guys aren't reacting enough to this this is very scary what's happening to you right now they're because they were just like oh we better get out of here and they like try to leave they uh try to take the elevator down and their elevator guy has been replaced with a scary elevator guy um and he's like oh the other guy had to leave and they're like oh we'll just take the stairs so uh, flash forward to the next day they try to go up to the 13th floor and they are not allowed to scary elevator guy is still there and he's like oh new tenants moved in they're very busy you can't go up there uh, flash forward another day the sister gets an invitation to test toys out on the 13th floor and they're it's like a toy factory because it's now. a toy factory and they're like oh cool like that must be what it is let's go so the brother and sister go oh in between this she has been getting woken up in the middle of the night by the tv in her room by a man talking to her on her tv um which again very understated reaction it's very scary and she's like i must be dreaming good night and she goes back to sleep (laughs) um so they are they, brother and sister, go to the toy testing. There's a bunch of people there in weird outfits. It's all fancied up upstairs with lots of toys. Um, they, The people they're running it really want the brother to leave. And the kids are like, no way, we stick together. So they do. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Turns out the adopted girl is an alien. And all these people are aliens. Um, and they've come back to try to take her home, and she's kind of like, no way, leave me alone, like, get, leave my brother alone, I'm gonna get us out of here. And eventually she does, and they leave on their spaceship, um, and you're like, whew, they made it. And then at the end of the episode, they're sitting on the bed, and the TV comes on again, and one of the alien people is like, hey, Karen, the girl's name is Karen, with an I, it's spelled K-A-R-I-N, I looked it up on the internet. Um, and she's like, we accidentally left you here 10 years ago and we came back to get you, but you ruined it. We can't come back for 10 years. Oh no. And then, oh, I forgot the scariest part. I'm terrible at doing these plots. Um, the aliens in their natural form have no faces. Um, so like during the episode, they're taking on and off like masks and they just have completely blank white faces. Um, So the lady's on the TV, and she's like, we'll be back in another ten years. Her face goes white, and the brother's like, huh, that's weird. What is that? And then he turns to his sister, and she has the scary alien face. (gasps) And he screams and runs away. And that's it. Is that how it ends? Yeah, that's how it ends. Which I think is really the part that scared me. Like, I definitely thought that the white faces were scary, but it's that part at the end. It's that twist that they do at the end. Yeah, because then it's like, well, what's supposed to happen now? Is he just going to live the next 10 years of his life with an alien sister? Right? Like, she just has to live like that now? That sucks. Because they can they, only come back every 10 years? Or they also they gave her all these somehow. cool powers, though. She oh, could, they? like, move stuff with her mind. <laughs> and she was like, wow. yeah, they gave her a bunch of cool powers. 
but I still thought that was kind of scary at the end. I didn't love that one. No? Actually, I didn't like any, I didn't love it, <laughs> any of these. Uh, they're fine. It just, like, I was just kind of like, why do you enjoy this so much? Well, I mean, we're not eight, so. It's a, it's a pretty good argument. <laughs> like, these are clear, these are for children. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which, like, yeah, which just means, like, like the thing that we have, like, seen over and over again is, like, when you're making stuff for kids, it just doesn't actually have to be good. It just has to be, like, passable. Yeah. And good enough for a child's mind. Which this totally was when we were small. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember being really freaked out by this stuff. And I, yeah, because, and I remember being like, oh, like, because, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark would be, like, the last part of Snick. It would be the part that was on from, like, 9.30 to 10, and it was like, ooh, that's, like, kind of past my bedtime anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I sometimes, like, would sneak out of my room, like, go downstairs and watch it. <laughs> so, uh, we did... The Tale of Nightly Neighbors was from season one. Tale of the 13th Floor that you were just talking about was season two. And then in season three is the Tale of Watcher's Woods, which it was what I remembered as my favorite episode, um, which is basically these girls are at um, a sleepaway Girl Scout camp and they like bump into each other just as they got here and one of them is Jewel State and she's an asshole and it's like ugh I don't even want to be here whatever I'm too cool for this and then uh, the other girl uh, is like really psyched to be there Um, and like instantly Jewel State decides that she doesn't like her and there's not really any reason like she like there was no reason for her not to like her except this other girl is black and so it just kind of comes off as her being like super racist Wait, through do the you think, whole you really think episode. that's why i just thought, i don't know i, I didn't they think just that at all didn't give me enough of a reason to like think that like why else well, is she being mean to this girl i just thought she didn't like her because they were so opposite we're like like you know the main girl who were their names they had names one was kelly and one was sarah is that right um the the main girl i just thought that like jewel state hated her because she was like so good you know and jewel state was so like ugh, i'm a rebel and like you know she just was like hating on her because she had like every badge and was like oh was she wearing her badge thing yeah okay there's i guess i didn't realize that because they don't interact enough to like establish any of that no yeah there's one part where jewel state like has all of her badges she's like stolen her vest yeah and she's like uh she has this one and like uh she has this one and she's just like being all nasty about it yeah and then the girl's like has anyone seen my vest and she's like no (laughs) so yeah uh, i don't think she was racist Okay. Well, I would like for that to be the case. Um, but she's an asshole, regardless. She, yeah. Her character's name is Kelly, and then the other ga- the other girl's name is Sarah. And they tell Sarah, this is her first year at camp, and the other girls have like been there before. And so they tell her, like, in the lodge, there's this, like, photo of these three little girls hanging up with, uh, and three whistles hanging with them, like, in tribute to these three girls that got lost in Watcher's Woods back in 1919. Um, And so 
they tell her this tale of Watcher's Woods. Uh, it, it there's, you know, you shouldn't go there, and it like traps people and whatever. Um, and those three girls got lost in those woods and left their only their whistles behind. Um, and and every once in a while, campers would come back babbling about some Watcher lurking within the woods. And uh, Kelly and Sarah have to go off on this hike together. And uh, Sarah, uh, wait, I already got them mixed up again. Ke- yeah, Kelly is like, oh, just go through that right there. And then you'll see this thing you want to see. And then she like takes her bag and just keeps walking and like leaves her behind. So they get lost separately. And um, then it's nighttime and they're scared and they run into the watcher. But then they also run into the three girls who are now like old witch ghosts. I'm not sure exactly what's going what they're Do you know the note is. that I wrote when they showed up? What? Kara loves groups of witches. <laughs> it's so true. I know. So true. Yeah. I was like, Kara must love this part. Yeah, like, no wonder I love this episode. (laughs) I loved this episode so much. Um, Also, the girl who tells the story is, like, really cute. Oh, she really is, but I don't like the way they talk to her at all. Oh, I didn't either. I was very upset by it because they just are sexually harassing her. I I wrote that, like, three times, and they just keep doing it. Yeah. And she holds her own, but she shouldn't have to do that. I agree entirely. It's not okay. Yes. Yes. Um... Yeah, so then, you know, they, like, go through this harrowing experience, and the one girl has to go, like, run back to the lodge to get the whistles so they can give them to the girls who are trapped in those woods and break the spell. I don't know. It was pretty convoluted. A lot of... It really uh, was. Not great uh, practical and digital effects, but, like, (laughs) like, not great in a fun way. I think they're really, like, silly and fun. Yeah. And everything's fine at the end and they make it back and like that one like ends happily because they're like, "Oh, we're friends now because we've been through this terrible ordeal." Yeah, that one was nice. They walk away holding hands. This episode made me think like how strange it must have been to shoot these. Like maybe not. Like you know, you're an actor, you go to work, you do your job, you're happy for the work. But, like, it just makes me think about, like, who are these adults dressed up in these, like, silly witch <laughs> costumes and, like, the Watcher has this, like, crazy makeup on and he's, like, you know, trying to scare the little kid. It's just, like, is weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's true of doing, like, any sort of children's programming as you wind yes. up wearing and doing things that you probably... We're not what you were thinking of when you were in acting conservatory. Um, the other thing that I like about this episode is that Jewel State has a really good scream that she does at least mm. twice. Yeah, she does have a good scream. I had to scream in a show once and I could not do it. Oh, like, no. It is so hard to scream. So anytime I see someone do it and they do a really good job, I'm like so impressed. Yeah, that is really impressive. You have to have, like, such control over, like, your vocal cords, I feel like, to, like, get it out and make it sound real and, like, yeah. be able to nail it every yeah. time. It's really hard. Yeah. And I definitely failed at it. <laughs> oh, no. I just, like, made some kind of loud shock noise. 
Yeah. Oh, when we were, when we did the Titanic, I, there was a note that I did not get to, um, hang on, let me pull it up because it was really interesting. It was like a film history thing that I did not know about. Um, flashback to the Titanic episode two episodes ago. If you haven't listened yet, go listen. It's a great one. Joy Lewandowski was on with us. Or maybe it wasn't that episode. Maybe it was something else. Oh, okay. So actually it wasn't in the Titanic, but that is a great uh, movie and it's a great episode of Wistful Thinking. And also I've watched two uh, Kate Winslet movies that I did not know about since then. And both of them were amazing. I can talk about that later. But this was actually, I learned this um, researching Resident Evil Extinction, which will be coming to Third Time's a Charm in, I don't even know how long, at some time very far down the road. But me and Joey were guests on that episode. And around 40 minutes into that movie, there's a man uh, who is using a flamethrower. And when he gets knocked off the top of a truck that he's using the flamethrower on um, by some birds... He screams, and what you hear is something called a Wilhelm scream. I was curious if this is where you're going. The Wilhelm scream is in everything. Yeah, it's in like every single movie. I had never heard movie. of it before. It's a stock sound effect of a man that has been used in um, at least 382 movies as of April 2018 and countless television series, beginning uh, in 1951 in the film Distant Drums. The scream is often used when someone is shot falls from a great height or is thrown from an explosion yeah Um, if you've never heard of the wilhelm scream just go type it into youtube and you'll be shocked at the number of things that it's in yeah hang on i can let me see if i can play it were you able to hear that (laughs) i could hear it (laughs) okay so we'll see if that comes through on the recording um but yeah i was like how did i not know about this it was used in, like, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, like, pretty much everything I've ever seen. Yeah. There's this screen and scream in there, and they use it because it is so hard to get a convincing scream. But anyway, that was a detour. What was I talking about? Um, well, we were talking about the Watcher's Woods episode. Um, why was this your favorite one? Well, Group of Witches. Dumb. Uh woods i love like i spent a lot i spent a lot of time as a kids as a kid in the woods i've spent a lot of time as an adult in the woods um i feel very comfortable there but at the same time like it can turn on you really quickly like you can get you can think you know where you are and then all of a sudden be like oh no yeah (laughs) it's like why the Blair Witch Project is scary yeah even though yeah and I was thinking a lot about the Blair Witch Project when I was watching it. Cause I was it too. Felt like a kind of like proto yeah. Blair Witch, um, but yeah, and especially like being in the woods at night, it's like so creepy and, mm-hmm. and fun and cool. And I just I don't know. I just always uh, liked this one. And maybe I had a crush on Sam too. <laughs> I mean, she's like really cute, and she yeah. also has really good hair. Oh my god. So she, her, the friend that brings her into the Midnight Society, this is like her indoctrination, the, her first time being there, and she like gets taken to this secret location, but because they want to keep it a secret, they put a like bag over her head. And so 
uh, she's like her friend is like I brought this person their name is Sam they're gonna tell us a story and then we're gonna judge whether they can be in the Midnight Society and everyone just assumes that Sam is a guy and then uh, she takes the but bag wait, off her head assume that Sam is a guy before she even tells them Sam's name Oh, really? They just assume that it's a guy. And okay. then it's a girl. And they're like, right. oh, my God, you're a girl. And then they're like, also, her name is Sam. And they're like, oh, my God, your name can't be Sam. You're a girl. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I was a little distracted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because she takes the bag off of her head. And her hair, like, falls in her, the most, like, yes, beautiful, beautiful way. hair tumbles uh, out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Those are some reasons why I like the Watchers. <laughs> uh, I just um, related to the detour that we just took because you mentioned Titanic again. I have now Googled the gif of Leonardo DiCaprio with the cigarette and I'm just watching it. <laughs> Appropriate. Good. Um, which is just a thing I do sometimes now. Sure. Why not? Um... um what else? Okay, so do you want to talk about the other episodes that you watched? Because I didn't watch them. Okay, yeah. Um, I picked one from season four that I remembered called The Tale of the Renegade Virus. Uh, uh, which is interesting. Wait, so this show started in 1990, so this would have been about 1994 when this came out. Because um, it's about a computer virus. So I just wanted to like orient myself and like computer history as that's like like, i mean okay if we talk about computer history that we know from this podcast really all we have to go on is the net which was from 1995 Uh uh-huh right yeah so this yeah so this would have been a year before the net so like even and then i think uh netscape navigator maybe was like 1996 did we say um so as far as like people using people might have been using computers at this point um but mostly probably just for like word processing and stuff like that the majority of people were not using computers and they certainly weren't using any sort of networked internet or anything um but uh, so the the plot of that one is Simon's latest prank in a series played between him and his friend e- Evan goes too far when Evan is late for school, but he seems to have forgotten his friend. That doesn't make any sense. Whatever. He even lets Simon have the first chance. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. So uh, one kid who seems like a bully and then like one kid who seems like a nerd and is like into computers and he like gets the bully to like come to computer club with him and like enter this virtual reality thing that he's programmed um but instead of experiencing fencing like his friend told him that he was going to be like you know doing sword fighting or whatever he realizes he's trapped in a world where he must outwit an intelligent computer virus the virus has reprogrammed the system so if simon doesn't get out of the lifelike setting where nothing works in his favor it will take over his brain to wreak havoc outside the computer Um, sounds like um oh i haven't seen this in a long time so i may be wrong but the movie brain scan Okay. Isn't that kind of what happens in Brain Scan? Have you ever seen it? I don't know. It? I don't know if I've seen that one. Right, let me Google it's it real like, quick. It's Edward I was thinking Furlong. kind of like Lawnmower Man. Is that what happens in that one? Oh, I've never <laughs> seen Lawnmower Man. That's the like awful Stephen King one. 
Oh, in in okay, so in Brain Scan it's a video game. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's at that point they're um video games were almost no, that's not true. I was gonna say mostly on computers, but there were plenty of consoles out. Oh, okay. In Brain Scan, it's a video game where you murder people, but as it turns out, you're murdering them in real life. <laughs> oh no, I don't think I've seen that one. It's pretty great. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I'm gonna watch it again. Um, but yeah, I think this uh, is something that was like a popular theme. Yeah. Um, just like throughout uh, science fiction that features computers. Yeah, I mean, it's still a popular theme. Right. Like, it shows up in a different way now, because technology is different and scary in a different way, but... Yeah. And uh, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was the kid with the glasses who tells the story in that episode, so obviously he's a nerd, Mm -hmm. and he's like obviously that he's late to the meeting of the midnight society because his computer has a virus where every time he tries to print something, it deletes it from his hard drive, <laughs> which is hilarious. Cause he had to like rewrite his book report twice. Um, and he comes in and he says like, I'm going to tell us, tell a story about com- computers. And then one of the other kids says, the only thing scary about computers is the people who use them. <laughs> mm, I bet that's dated now. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Um, but it it just winds up being like a nerd revenge fantasy kind of situation that like gets out of control, and you know, then he and his friend are, or I I don't know. They're supposed to be friends, but they seem just like a bully and his victim. So I don't know, fucked up situation. But um, at one point in the simulation or like the virtual reality thing that he is trapped in um the virus has like implanted a like interface in his hand and it's really just like a vga port which is like used to like connect a monitor um and it's like this really awful kind of makeup job that made me laugh out loud um but actually, in that episode, we I talked about this a little bit in our episode of Hook, but often uh, depictions of people with disabilities in film or television, um, they fall into a lot of like very specific uh, and negative tropes. Um, and so the virus in that episode is personified by an actor who is a little person, and he's like this evil mm-hmm. person. So... Uh, it's another example, like Captain Hook, of a disabled character uh, who is portrayed as an evil, evil doer, evil mm. being. And there's so few portrayals of people with disabilities in film and television that when a large portion of them are evil, it's uh, pretty problematic. But I don't know. That's all I had to say about that episode. Um and then the last one, I really was bare. Oh, wait, no, there were two more. <laughs> um, oh, the next one was the one that I talked about before with Tia and Tamara Maori, mm-hmm. where um, this girl and her friend are having a sleepover, but beforehand they go to a pet store and she gets bitten by a chameleon. And then the chameleon like somehow follows them home and she starts turning into the chameleon. And then... Um, somehow 
like one of them is like there's two of that person now because obviously Tia and Demera. So like, and one of them is the chameleon who's like taken her shape, and the other one is her. And then they like do that thing where they spin around and they're like, "It's me! I'm the real person." And then uh, they throw one of them down the well, and it turns out to be the wrong person. No. Yeah, it seems like they got the right one, and then the end of the episode is like, dun dun dun. That twist. I'm going to detour for a moment since you started talking about Tia and Tamara. There is like a whole slew of famous people that were on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which like yep. we dual state kind of famous. Tia and Tamara. Um, Rachel, what's her name? Rachel Blit. What's her name? From Clueless. Oh yeah, she was part of the first cast of Yeah, she the was part of the Midnight Society. But um... Um, while you were describing the rest of that episode, I was looking up who else famous was on. And so I'm going to read, I'm going to read the list a little bit of it. It's maybe it's too long to read the whole thing. But so Ryan Gosling and Gilbert Gottfried were on an episode together in season five. And Ryan Gosling is such a baby. I'm looking at a picture of him. I know. He's so cute. Um, Nev Campbell was on season three. I almost picked that episode. (laughs) Um, let's see, who else? Oh, I'm old, and I don't know who some of these people are. <laughs> Can you send me the link? Yeah. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it came up with the thumbnail of uh, Ryan Gosling on an old school <laughs> um, portable phone. He's so cute. Yeah, I don't know who a lot of these people are. I know some of them. Oh, Alicia Cuthbert. She was on, um, she was on 24, that show. Um, yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh, that guy. Eugene Bird. I recognize him, but I don't know from where. He was in 8 Mile. Although I don't think I've ever seen that. He was on Ghost Rider. Did you watch Ghost (gasps) Rider? I did. Yes, I remember him on that. He was also on Bones for a long time. That's what I recognize him from. I loved that show. Oh, I forgot about Ghost Rider until just now. Yeah. Uh, who else? Joanna Garcia. She played Sam, who we were just talking about with the pretty hair. Uh, she's been in, in like a bunch of stuff. She was on Party of Five, Freaks and Geeks. And I think what she's like most known for is that sitcom that she was on with Reba McIntyre. And also... As apparently on Once Upon a Time. Oh, Jay Baruchel, who um, was in Knocked Up and Man Seeking Woman. He he was just in a bunch of stuff recently. Oh, he's in those. I feel like he's movies. like a little bit in everything. Yeah, but then you just like kind of forget. Right, and I think most people wouldn't recognize his name, but they would recognize like see his face. Future American Pie star Eddie K. Thomas. Go check out American Pie episode of High School Slumber Party, one of the newest episodes or one of the newest podcasts on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Who was he in American Pie? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they're lying to us right now. No, he looks vaguely familiar, but I, I'm not familiar enough with that movie to be able to tell you. Um, he was 
Paul. Oh, Paul yep, he was in that, huh? He just looked super young, and he doesn't in that photo. Mm. Oh, Colin Ferguson. He was on Eureka, which was a sci-fi original series that was so good. Rachel Blanchard, that's who you were trying to yes. remember before. She played Cher on the TV version of Clueless. Cher number two, not as good as the original Cher. I don't know. She was also great. What? Mm. I think she was... You know, it's a it's an extremely tough act to follow. Of course it is. Obviously, Alicia Silverstone is perfect. But, you know, all things considered, I think she did a good job. Oh, wow. Uh, so, Aaron Ashmore apparently was on Smallville, which I never watched. Um, and Warehouse 13, another sci-fi original series. Uh, and he was in, he played Billy in The Tale of the 13th Floor which was the episode that you picked. Um, and then he was in another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, playing a character called Jake in The Tale of the Lunar Locusts. The episode featured, of all people, figure skater Tara Lipinski. What? Who, I know, right? Who played an alien named Ellen and dealt with alien babies buried beneath a school football field. So I know what I'm doing as soon as we finish this. <laughs> so I'm going to go watch that episode. <laughs> Okay, do you want to tell me about the last episode that you watched? Sure, I'm just scrolling through the rest of this list. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. Emily Van Camp, she looks familiar. She was on Everwood and Revenge. Okay, close that window. Uh, What was the last episode that I watched? The Tale of the Reanimator. Julie works for a plant store owner who has uh, created a new formula that resurrects dead plants. But when the elixir is poured into the ground, she soon, find, she soon finds out that the formula is strong enough to bring a dead human back to life. Ah. And I wasn't really paying attention to that one. But, <laughs> I mean, that is basically the plot, I guess. You know, And then they somehow like kill the thing that's come back to life and everything's fine. No twist at the end? Couldn't tell you. All right. It's always, we were talking, I think it was before we started recording, like, when we're watching, like, a chunk of these, like, kid shows, it's really hard to pay attention by the time you get to the last, like, one or two. Mm-hmm. Because they just are made for adult brains. Yeah. I was, I thought it was going to be better than it was, because hmm. I remembered. Like, enjoying them and getting, like, kind of spooked when I was watching them in college. But I was, like, living alone mm-hmm. at that point, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, watching them in the dark by myself. So maybe that's <laughs> why I got really spooked out. Because uh, I'm a big old scary cat. Well, uh, what else scared you when you were, like, a kid? Um, Everything? <laughs> well, like, because you like scary stuff now. I mean, I like scary yeah. stuff now, too. Yeah. Uh, what else scared me when I was a kid? I don't know. It's hard. Oh, d- I definitely vampires. Like, mm-hmm. was very concerned <laughs> about vampires. And, um, like, every day? Every day. Oh, every day, obviously, every night. Um, <laughs> because I would sleep, I would take my uh, comforter, and, like, I didn't like to sleep with it over my head because then I couldn't breathe. So I would very tightly wrap it, like, around my head. And, and, like, around my body and, like, clutch it, like, tight around my neck so that vampires couldn't get to it. 
smart, smart, and they yes. didn't get you, so good job. They didn't. So I did a great job of that. Um, like, you know, I, I, I'm definitely not the first person to point this out, but I thought that quicksand would be a bigger problem in my adulthood <laughs> than it has been. I have listened uh, to that John Mulaney joke so many times in the last week. I don't know why. Oh, really? It's a John Mulaney <laughs> yeah, joke. Yeah, I forgot that he has a joke about that, but... Um, yeah, that was definitely a concern. Um, what else? I think like a little bit of a generic uh, fear of the dark, but not too bad. I don't know. Maybe it was bad. I did always sleep with a nightlight. Um, I slept with the lights on until I was like way too old to sleep with the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't really remember anything else. Um, for a long time though, I like couldn't watch zombie movies because I had like a extremely like visceral physical fear reaction to that, and I think it's because I watched uh twenty eight days. I went to see twenty eight days later in the theaters, and I was very hungover, and I think it just like that movie's also carved really a terrible scary. thing in my brain. It is fucking like, horrifying. Well, that's the only I haven't movie... watched it since, but that's... it's like. This it's the running zombies. They're so They're scary. They're fast. That's like yeah. it's one of the only movies where zombies are fast and they are so scary. Yeah. Well, I feel like that was like the first movie where it happened, and now it's more of a, it's a thing, thing now. So, including uh, Resident Evil Extinction, which I mentioned before, <laughs> they like engineer super zombies, and those run really fast. Um, but I, I finally have like I like did some exposure therapy of just like watching a ton of selfie movies and now I'm not as freaked out by it um but like I'm very easily startled Mm -hmm. like to a comedic extent because my (laughs) nervous system is all jacked up so um sometimes even like somebody will just walk in the room and I'll be like ah (laughs) (laughs) because it just and it's not because I'm like actually scared or like whatever it's just your body was just like ready to like panic yeah yeah at all times (laughs) at all times it's it's highly highly ready so if somebody like surprises me or like so for a long time I didn't like to watch things where things and I still don't things that like jump out at you Mm -hmm. because it's just like physically stressful for me it's very physically Uh, stressful yeah um but I think the thing that I'm most afraid of now is um, definitely, like, things that involve, uh, like, epidemic illness mm-hmm. and also, like, uh, tick-borne illness. Mm-hmm. Also have, a, like, a super, like, high alert terrified of it at all times Mm -hmm. constant vigilance fear of that now because i did have i dealt with lyme disease once and i don't want to ever have to do that again yeah that's scary it's It's, i mean it's a big thing up here yeah because like i like every time i walk outside i'm just like i mean well now i you know take precautions and i don't go you know uh without covering at least my legs and my ankles and stuff but yeah no I'm (laughs) I live in constant fear of that what were you afraid of as a kid I was 
well, as far as, like, media, I was very, very scared of the front of the horror movie section, um, like, the boxes <laughs> at Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, there were a lot that I was really terrified of, too. The I one... remember they had a giant um, Silence of the Lambs poster that really, yes. really freaked me out. I was... I was the I was the most scared of um the Dead Alive cover. Yeah. And the Pinhead cover. I don't think that's what that movie is actually called. But the guy with all the pins. No, in his Hellraiser? Head. Hellraiser. Yeah. So like I was the most yeah. scared of those and they were oh always my God. Yeah, there. They were terrifying. Like so scary. Um I mean and it's funny because I love <gasps> oh I God. then saw yeah. the movie Dead Alive in college and love it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it because, and gross. I just googled the, um, yeah. But I, it's I really know. gross. It's fun. Um, I also remember being really, really scared because I think they like the posters that they had hanging up in our video store were like mostly yeah. horror posters, which it makes sense. Scary. I mean, you know, those are the nerds that work at or worked at uh, video stores. I'm looking up the Silence of the Lambs one. Oh, yeah, that's a little scary, too. Like, I knew that that one was a scary movie. The cover of it's not super scary. But there's something about it that's, it's like, really weird. disconcerting. And if you look really close at the face, there's, like, a, like a is it a butterfly? Yeah. It's, um, it's a bug. It's a specific type of moth. It's a moth. That has right. that, like, um, skull shape on its back. Um, which is, if you look really close at that, it's really scary. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I was scared of the dark, obviously, because I just said I slept with the lights on until I was like very old. Um, I was, I mean, when I was small, I was like sure that monsters lived in my closet. Um, I was really scared of storms. Like I remember, um, look when I so when I was young, my mom used to go on tour because of her job, so we would um visit her. And I think we were in, I can't remember where we were. I want to say it was Chicago, but that might not be right. But we were staying at this hotel, and I remember I was watching TV, and, like, a tornado warning came on the TV. And, like, we that doesn't really happen in the Northeast where we're from. And, like, it had never occurred to We had a to tornado me. rip down my street once. I, it kind of does happen now, <laughs> but it didn't when we were young. The no, weather was a little like, calmer when I was when a we little young. kid. I was really? Like, five i think oh, yeah i, I remember it really vividly I, I don't remember that being a thing in where we grew up when we were young. yeah i mean but, i think it was a specific storm because i've like uh and like a specific storm in my town because mm-hmm. i have friends that like also have stories about it like uh one of my friends his swing set like wound up on the roof <laughs> and he was like and then i just never had a swing set again <laughs> Yeah, like, and but, so before that, before I, like, saw that storm warning on the TV, it had never occurred to me how dangerous the weather is, yeah. and, Ooh. like, it, yeah. like, it, like, took over me, like, in an unreasonable way for, like, a couple of years. Oh, I could years. completely understand how that could happen, yeah. Like, I would be, like, you know, like, laying in bed at night, like, scared of the weather. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I mean, also, I was just, like, scared of everything forever. Yeah. I was, I'm... I mean, I, I work against it really, really hard now, and I'm much better now. <laughs> like, I was a pretty scared kid. Yeah. Oh, I was also really terrified of throwing up. I was, t- so I was terrified of other people throwing up. Like, that's a phobia that I actually still have. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, I didn't know that about you. We have, we have that in common. 
Yeah, I mean, I've thrown up enough times in my life now that it's, it's not a problem. You're like, cool anymore. with it now. The universe is like, can't yeah. deal with this. Yeah, no, it and it was like specifically like throwing up in public. Like it was one mm-hmm. thing if I was like home sick, like that's fine, whatever. But like, I was always nauseous as a kid. I still to this day I'm often very nauseous, um, and so because it was like this thing that I didn't have any control over mm-hmm. and I was so like afraid that like I would go someplace and then throw up, which happened a few times. And that's how I like developed that fear. Um, so I just like wouldn't eat if I had mm-hmm. to like go someplace and then that turned into a whole thing. <laughs> as far as fears, that's like a really common one. I've like looked it up yeah. a bunch because I also, I mean, mine manifests itself differently. I'm not scared of myself throwing up, although it's like I do think it's one of the worst things that can oh, happen to me. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but when I was in like elementary school, I used to sit next to this kid in class who used to throw up all the time. Oh no! And for whatever reason, like that is what I got a phobia of. Yeah. So it was a rough Well, year. because there's so many, like, especially in school, there's that, like, sense memory of, like, the wood mm-hmm. chips and the pine salt. Yeah. And the smell. <laughs> Ugh, I can feel it. I can smell it right now as I'm talking about it. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that happened to me then, but, like, it still exists. And it's not like I, like, see people throw up very often. So there's no, like, expl- <laughs> like, I can finally, like, most of the time I can watch it, like, in movies. Yeah. Um, even if it well, looks like also, really like, realistic, yeah. It's, but it rarely ever is. Like no, it rarely, that's true. rarely it's not. looks realistic. But yeah. like there was a time in my life where I couldn't even watch it when it was like fake. Like it would ruin my entire day. I would like yeah, feel oh, like this like just thing just like happens to me on the inside that it's like I want to just like, oh, crawl out of my body. Yeah. yeah, I completely yeah. understand that part. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Um, have you watched Santa Clarita Diet on no. Netflix? So it's this. A TV show where Drew Barrymore, I guess, is a zombie. I don't know. There, she's like, she died, and then now she's not dead. But um, yeah, she's a zombie, I guess, because she has to like eat people or eat brains. I'm not sure. It's really good. I don't know why I can't tell you more about it because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but there's uh, after. So she gets this like illness or whatever it is from eating these specific clams and it was like after she ate those clams she like what she threw up uh was like so hilarious and disgusting um and I really enjoyed that (laughs) I don't know how I would do I don't know yeah because it's it's like a, a bright yellow substance so and it's there's so much of it that it's absurd you know so it's oh see I can deal with that usually yeah yeah I really enjoy that show a lot. I I do find myself now like like searching for things that scare me. Like now I really mm. like not I don't search for um people throwing up because that's a different <laughs> kind of fear for me. Yes. It's yeah. like a panic attack fear and that's different. Um yeah. but the kind of like adrenaline fear. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely like I like horror movies a lot now. Um and I'm and I'm often like really disappointed by them because they're not actually scary. Yeah. What have you seen? A Quiet Place. No, not yet. That one was actually scary. I liked it. Yeah. Not like crazy. Yeah. Well, no. I and I like the kind of like. Well, I don't know. I I'm kind of have two. I like kind of two different 
ends of the spectrum as far as horror movies go of like really kind of I mean that is an extreme example of something that's like quiet and like kind of slowly terrifying Mm -hmm. you know where it's just like building and Mm -hmm. and, but it's not like yeah um and then the other end of that is like ridiculous bloody uh just absurd things that are kind of just too ridiculous to actually be scary like campy ones like give me an example I can't right now because I'm tired. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I um, like those a lot too. Like, um, in college, um, I watched Sleepaway Camp two, mm, which is have one. you have you seen Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. So I mean, that movie is ridiculous, but like the the rest of the series, like two and three, I think there's even a fourth one. Um, go like so over the top and just like silly and campy um but that was the first movie that i ever saw that i was like hey a movie can be so bad that it's good yeah yeah i like that well so, it's sometimes i don't know but i i like any sort of uh like practical effects um i just find them really fun and if we like lived in a different time where they were relied on more often. I think I probably would have like wanted to do that as a career. Mm. Oh, cool. Um, but also, like the older I get, the harder time I have watching violence for yeah. some reason. It just like bothers me a lot. So I've had a hard time like squaring my love of practical effects with like my increasing uh, distaste for mm. violent content, uh, which is why I really enjoyed the Nick. Because there, it's not really violent, but it is gross. <laughs> well, I don't like the the kind of horror movie I have always had a problem with is the kind that's just like gross, just to be gross. But it's not yeah. it's not even fun. Like there's a lot of horror movies that are like that are just gross, and I'm like, okay, the effects people and the director were just like, hey, what can we do here? Let's do the most ridiculous thing we can do. But yeah. it's like if you really really go for that, I can get behind you because I can be like, blah, gross. I've never seen that before. <laughs> um, and I but can also, tell that so often on in those kinds of movies, like the violence is like very pointedly aimed at women specifically yes, in like true. a very misogynistic way that I do not appreciate. Yes, that is true. But um, sometimes it's fun. Well, the ones that I can't stand are the ones that are just like lazy and it's like that are just like a lot of blood and like something gross but not creative. Yeah. But yeah, also, sh- the the woman thing is like a whole separate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I also like really enjoy a creature feature mm-hmm. on a fairly regular basis. Uh and I'm I am like deeply interested in body horror, yeah. but also like very put off by it at the same time. <laughs> and like you were saying before of like doing things that scare you on purpose. Mhm or watching things on purpose that scare you at like that's a area where I'm like trying to force myself to get more into it even though I'm like ooh but I just think it's a really interesting um and and I don't know hard to express myself it's getting late um what else were we going to talk about 
Did I? Did we talk about everything? We did. Were there any eyebrows in this? I mean, there were there were lots of good good nineties heavy heavy brows. I didn't like. But... I didn't notice any. I was too busy looking at their shirts. That's why. <laughs> they were so overwhelming. They were. You can't even look at their faces. I just like can't. And I know, like, we look back at every decade and we're like, why did they dress like that? But, like, why did they dress like that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, I like 90s fashion sometimes, a lot of the time, most of the time. But, um, yeah, maybe not the four four times too large t-shirt i think it just made me laugh the most in this because like you would look at like in in both brother and sister episodes you would look at them and they'd be wearing like the exact same outfit (laughs) (laughs) it's true which is just silly i um like after watching this i tried to look up if there were any um scary kids shows now because when we were young we had like this and like eerie indiana and like yeah. goosebumps oh goosebumps was so scary right but there there aren't any now not that i could find anyway oh that's unfortunate i know it's it's fallen out of fashion to scare children oh uh have you ever watched the show i zombie okay it's the cw show yes the name is very dumb uh, but it's a really super smart and wonderful show. And season four uh, just came to Netflix. So I just like watched that in a day and a half the other day. Um, highly recommend it. It's uh, was created by Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero. Right. I think is her name. I don't know. Rob I, Thomas they... also made uh, Veronica Mars. Yes. Okay. And what I was about to say is that iZombie is just like spooky Veronica Mars. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And it's like very, like, it came kind of as the, like, zombie madness wave was crashing, you know? So mm-hmm. it was like a little late to the everything's about zombies now party. Um, but it's like very self-aware in that and like makes jokes about itself <laughs> to that point. Um and it's just it's so wonderful but it basically the main character is this woman who was uh doing her residency she was going to be a doctor and then she went to this party and this like crazy fight breaks out because um that people were taking this drug and it turns out if you mixed that drug with this specific type of energy drink it would turn you into a zombie mm-hmm. um and then that zombieism is contagious if you're scratched or whatever and so she got scratched at this party and like died and then woke up the next morning and was a zombie and she was like what the fuck so she had to like drop out of her residency and get a job in the morgue <laughs> um, as an assistant medical examiner so that she had access to brains because like in this uh, show you only like go crazy and like uncontrollably try to eat people's brains if you're hungry so like as long as you can continue eating <laughs> brains like you can be a functional contributing member of society and so um, she gets this job and it turns out that like when you eat pieces of a given person's brain you can actually have like flashbacks of their memories so she winds up being an important member Somebody of the homicide else squad. was telling me about this show it's so 
Good. Is there a character who eats a wrestler? Or like... Oh, I was getting to that. Yes, there is. <laughs> That's why okay. somebody was telling me about it. <laughs> yeah, so um, her boyfriend and the like before she becomes because also humans and zombies can't have sex or you'll turn that person into a zombie um so she and her like pre-existing boyfriend had to break up but then he winds up being in the series for a long time and eventually he himself becomes a zombie um and there's this restaurant slash bar called romero's as a, a nod to uh George Romero, obviously, um, but they serve like like they have this whole like booklet where you can like pick out like whose brain you want to eat um, <laughs> because you like also take on their like uh, personality traits, uh, which is really funny because like in every and is also really amazing for this actress, the main character, because every episode she has to like play a different character almost. It's it's kind of like Dollhouse in that way, but. Um, yeah, so her ex-boyfriend, Major, his name is actually Major Lilywhite, which is really funny. Um, it's based on a comic book also. I don't know if I mentioned that. but uh, So he eats this wrestler brain, and then he, like for the whole episode, he's doing this like deranged uh, Hulk Hogan thing that was so funny. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to tell Jordan about this. Yep. So yep. that's in the Somebody beat season. you to it. But yeah. Um, and it's just like, it, it is kind of like also because it's about, oh, so like in the, at the end of the third season, I think, um, this thing happens where like half the city of Seattle gets turned into zombies. And then in the fourth season, we learn that the government has actually like walled off the city and quarantined everyone there. And people are like trying to. Uh, you know, they're like trying to con- contain the zombie virus to Seattle. And so the show winds up being able to talk about some of the like larger issues that are happening now in a way that like other shows can't, like even shows that like might be directly engaging with those issues kind of like do it really terribly. In this situation, they're able to kind of like use this allegory to kind of talk about. Uh, you know, like border walls and racism mm-hmm. and fascism and mm-hmm. all sorts of like interesting kind of things that we're struggling with as a as a society. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend several thumbs up, iZombie, seasons one through four on Netflix. And oh, also, also, one of my favorite parts of, about each episode is that there will be this like sequence where the main character like is like cooking up the brains to eat <laughs> and um so there are like these great little like cooking sequences of you know uh, like on six her... feet under where like it would always open with the death and you'd be like oh how are they gonna do it this time yeah kind of except uh it's like it, the because it's, it's also i mean it's basically a procedural mm-hmm. you know it's a police procedural kind of it's a lot of things, but one of the things is that it's police procedural. So it usually opens with like, oh, they have a body they have to go pick up and, you know, get it back to the morgue and do an autopsy. And, and then she takes the brain out and then they do this like, and she like cooks up all these like different kinds of dishes. And <laughs> the zombies like still can taste, but normal flavors like are not 
uh, flavorful enough because they're dead, basically, you know? So they have to, like, put hot sauce on everything to, like, actually get any sort of flavor. Um, so it's it's just interesting to, like, watch her prepare all these different meals. <laughs> Some of them look really great. Oh, man, Party Down is the other thing that Rob Thomas did. That's yeah, great. and so many of the actors um, from Party Down and from... Uh, Veronica Mars wind up. Oh, really? Showing That's up fun. on iZombie. Yeah. That makes me like excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really fun show. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Are You Afraid of the Dark or Scary Things? Scary Things. Oh, I have some, some trivia that I wrote down. I okay. think. Maybe. Right. We'll see. Um, oh, the substance in the bag. That they throw. Oh my god, that's one of my questions. I literally wrote that down. Okay, what is it? Non dairy creamer. (laughs) What do you think it's supposed to be? I don't know. I think it's just supposed to put the fire out or make the fire go. Yeah, it's just like, ooh, look, they made the fire spooky. You know, I don't know. Yeah. They were going to make a feature film of the show starring the second generation cast of the Midnight Society, um, planned by DJ MacHale, who was the creator of the show, around 1998. But according to him, Nickelodeon canceled it after he refused to change the script he gave them to be less dark. So I'm curious oh, what that script looked like. Oh, we could have gotten like a dark... Are you afraid of the dark movie? I mean, maybe. Maybe... They'll bring it back now that they're doing gritty reboots of everything. Oh, did you ever play the video game? No, I didn't. There Apparently was there was also a game. board game. I never played the board game. I had the video game, and it was so scary that I could never finish it. Also, <laughs> it was really hard, or I just didn't have like the patience to do it. I don't know yeah. which one. I had a Goosebumps game like that. What, <laughs> um, what platform was it on? Um, it was on like a PC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same with the Goosebumps game. Oh, many shows, many episodes were shot in actual cemeteries, but due to strict laws in Canada, the crew was prohibited from showing any actual names on headstones on camera. So as a result, they were forced to bring in foam foam headstones with fake names and place them (laughs) deliberately in the shot to block them. Oh, all the campfire scenes. I mentioned that they were shot on a soundstage, but they were all shot within a week so that the crew wouldn't have to rebuild the set. Oh, that makes sense. Like in a season. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's the that's the extent of my trivia. Yay. Well, I declare this meeting of the Wistful Thinking podcast closed. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. However you're listening to this right now at cageclub.me. Jordan, if people want to find you, where they where should they look? I'm on Instagram at JordoPC. Yes, and I am on various things at BIMPS, B-I-M-P-S-E. And we'll talk to you next time on Wistful Thinking. Ooh. <laughs> Bye. Bye.